open up uh, the Word of God this morning uh, to Mark chapter 1. We are starting a new series of messages on uh, Impacted by Jesus. And you see, even through stoves and, and uh, volleyball and different things like that, I could go on and on about uh, how uh, these ministries give an uh, opportunity for people to be impacted by Jesus. Uh, but what we're looking at, uh, going to be looking at over the next several, several weeks, uh, we're going to start a verse-by-verse -verse study through the Gospel of Mark. Uh, it'll take us a while, but it'll be a, a power-packed time as well because of the way uh, the Gospel of Mark is, is, is written, and we'll be talking uh, more about uh, that. Uh, do you realize that uh, uh, the most translated book in all the world is our Bible? Uh, translated into all these different languages. As a matter of fact, people like uh, Wycliffe Bible um, uh, ministries there, they're, they're translating it into new languages every year uh, and everything. But of the Bible, the most translated book in the Bible is the Gospel of Mark. And the part of the reason why is because the reason Mark was written and what you have in the book of Mark, it just talks about people uh, being impacted by this Jesus. And uh, not only did Jesus impact people back then, but even today, people are being impacted by Jesus. It is a, a simple book as, as far as the understanding the truths that are there, yet it is powerful, and it is a, is a book about the impact of Jesus, uh, written for people to be impacted by Jesus. And so we're going to look just at the first verse, and I, and I promise you that in the weeks to come, we'll cover more than one verse a Sunday, okay? Uh, but I want us to look at this, this first verse and get introduced uh, to Mark and his testimony of how he was impacted uh, by the gospel. So Mark chapter 1 uh, and, and verse 1, it says uh, simply this. It says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Here Mark, uh, he doesn't mention his name. He doesn't mention a lot of details about his story, but we're going to be looking at some of that because we have some in the Gospel of Mark and some later on in the book of Acts as well and how he was impacted by this gospel, this gospel of grace. We've talked about the gospels. We've been praying for our, our ones and, and looking for opportunities to, to share the gospel with our ones. That word gospel means the good news of Jesus Christ. And so what he's talking about is how this Jesus, how he came to us. He didn't wait on us to earn our way to him because we never could. But because of his grace and his mercy, he came to us and made a, a way for our salvation. And so we are impacted by this gospel of grace. You know, we talk about, uh, you know, around here, we've been talking the last couple of years, you've heard the word engage a lot around here. And we've talked about engaging God and engaging one another in encouragement and in ministry and, and, and discipleship. And, and then we've talked about how God has called us to in, engage our world through our, our, our offering, through the mission trips that we provide, through the ministries that we have here in this community, and, and through just our personal witnessing. But the thing about it is, is that before we can effectively engage others, God has to engage us. And that's impact. That, that's how, that's God impacting us, us, that he would come to us. You, you see, and we've talked uh, here since I've been here about how we are called to primarily the, the two commands in God's word are, are to love God and to love people. And that's what he has called us to do. But that all starts with being impacted ourselves by the love of God. That's why we love him back is because he's impacted us. That's why we love others is because we have been impacted by his love. God loves us and, and that, that, that leads to impact. 
impact. And that's what this book of Mark is about. There's a, there's a focus in the book of Mark. He doesn't focus as much on the teaching of Jesus, although he does mention it and, and cover some of, of, of his teaching there. But he doesn't go into as much detail about the, the teaching and even the doctrine uh, of Jesus as much as he focuses on his activity. Matter of fact, the word immediately is used about 50 times in the New Testament uh, that word, and over 40 of those times are here in the Gospel of Mark because that's what he's talking about. He says, here comes Jesus, and he did this, and boom, there was an impact, and then immediately he went here, and there's another impact, and then he went here and talked to this person, and it impacted their lives, and it impacted this community, and it impacted these people. He just goes on and on and on about boom, 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 how God works. The first half of the Gospel of Mark, he deals with the impact of his ministry and his life in those, those first three years of, uh, of ministry. Matter of fact, his whole ministry was only uh, three years there. And then the last half of the book, he dedicates over half of the book to talk about the greatest impact of all. And we've been singing about it, and that's the impact of the cross and the empty tomb, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And everything he was doing as he was ministering, the reason why it was immediately, immediately, immediately is because that's where he was headed. And he was on his way to the cross to make an impact upon all mankind. That's where we are headed as well. You know, Jesus, in this Gospel of Mark, it, it talks about John the Baptist and the impact that he had upon his life. It talks about these disciples, these fishermen, and how Jesus called to them and the impact that he had upon their lives. It talks about a, a man that was lowered through the roof and the impact that he had upon that life of, uh, of, of people that, that needed to be healed, of, of thousands that were hungry, and the impact that he had of the disciples cringing in fear. And then here comes Jesus walking on the water and how they go, we, who is this guy? He, he impacted lives, and he's still doing it even today. And I'm a testimony of that. And Mark, who wrote this book, is a testimony of that as well. Now, we just read verse 1 uh, of, of chapter 1 there, and it doesn't even mention the name of Mark. Matter of fact, you can look all through the Gospel of Mark, and his name is not mentioned. Although he's the one that wrote it, and, and he... And uh, tradition tells us that, and, and you've got his name attached to it because that's what the early church, uh, when it was written in Greek and stuff, they, his name was put upon it. It says this is the gospel that, that Mark wrote uh, to, to distinguish from the gospel that Luke wrote and that Matthew wrote and that John wrote uh, as well. And so it's attached to him. But Mark doesn't mention his name, and you know why? Because Mark doesn't have an impact, Jesus does. And this is not the gospel of Mark, it's the gospel of Jesus the gospel of Jesus and all glory goes to Jesus because Jesus alone is the one that ha that impacts people and and here is 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 Mark and and he has been impacted by Jesus himself and and that's what he is is writing about here he has been impacted by the gospel he has been impacted by the grace of God in his life this is how it started uh, and so that's what Mark is doing here he says this is it this is the one that impacted me and this is how he impacted the world and he goes in and he writes this book and lets us know the thing we need to understand about Mark though is this impact was an impact of grace in his life because he needed the grace of God and by the way every one of us here today needs that same grace of God 
Have you been impacted by the grace of God? Let me, let me tell you a little bit about Mark and his story. And it may be telling, I may be repeating your story as well. Because Mark was, was impacted by the grace of God because he had a great need for the grace of God. Now, we don't see a lot of nicknames for Mark or, or, or things like that, although he's called John Mark because, uh, matter of fact, in the, in the book of Acts, it says that John, whose surname was Mark, and so he, sometimes he's called John, sometimes he's called Mark, uh, sometimes he's called John Mark to distinguish him from the, the John who wrote the, the other gospel who was a disciple and a fisherman there. But if we gave Mark a, a nickname, uh, we might want to call him the running man. <laughs> Because that's who he was. He, he, and we see that in his life. He, apparently he was a runner. He's, yes, that means that he's on the move. But unfortunately, early on in his life and early on even after uh, he was saved and everything, he was many times running away from God. You been there? And because of that, he needed the grace of God. Mark was a, a man who, first of all, the first time we, we kind of encounter him is he's running away from suffering. He's running away from the potential of suffering for the cause of Christ. Look in, in Mark chapter 14. And we'll reference Mark 1, 1 uh, from time to time as we're going through this. But here we have the story in Mark chapter 14 about the, uh, uh, the arrest of Jesus. It's that last night uh, of, of his life uh, before he's going to die the next day. And he has observed the Lord's Supper there with the disciples. And they've gone to the garden to pray. And you know the story of how Judas betrayed him and, and brought the uh, religious uh, soldiers uh, there uh, to arrest him there in the garden and the religious leaders as well. In Mark chapter 14, picking up in verse 43, it says, and immediately, there's that word, okay? And so it's just boom, here goes another impact that, that happened. It says, and immediately while he was still speaking, while Jesus was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and scribes and the elders and now his betrayer had given them a signal saying whomever i kiss he is the one seize him and lead him away safely and as soon as he had come immediately he went up to him there's that word immediately again he went up to him and said to him rabbi rabbi and he kissed him and they laid their hands on him and took him and one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear we know that's peter then Jesus answered and said to them, have you, come out against, uh, us, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then all they forsook him and fled. And here we go, verse 51, it says, And there was a certain young man that followed him, having a linen cloth thrown around his naked body, and the young men laid hold of him, and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. Apparently, this is John Mark. It doesn't say his name here, but this is the only gospel that has this recorded there. And, and tradition tells us that it was him. And, and the, the reason this is the only gospel that has it recorded is because he's the only one that knew about it because it was him. It was him. And here he is running away from God, running away from the suffering, running away 
from potential arrest. And, and that's kind of his M.O., if you will. When things get too hot, he's, he's not ready to suffer this way. And, and so he, he runs away. It's kind of it's like the, the parable of the soils, which we'll talk about in the Gospel of Mark. It's one of the, the teachings that Mark does record. It's an important teaching where it talks about the sower sowing the seed on the different soils. And it talks about there about the, the, the seed that's sowed on the, the hard soil that is there. And the, the earth does not receive it. And, and later on, the birds come and they, they take it away. And it talks there in, 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 in Mark chapter 4 and verse 17. It says that, that what's happened there is that it says because of the, the, the persecution and the hardships and the suffering is why it won't receive it. And there are many that, that when they look at hardship, they look at suffering, they either run away from God or turn away from God or will never go as far as receiving Christ because of the potential of hardship is there. And by the way, Mark's not the only one. All the disciples run away except for John. They all run away. And by the way, many of us do have as well. As hardship comes in our life and hardship for following the gospel, hardship for uh, for the potential for suffering comes there and, and our flesh wants to just run away and thinking that if we get away from, from Christ then we won't have these hardships in our life. And that's why we need the grace of God. And Mark had re later receives this grace of God. But not only do we see him running from suffering but we also later on in the book of Acts see him running from serving. Acts chapter 13 is where we read about this. In Acts chapter 13, by the way, we're, we're introduced to him back in, in Acts chapter 12 when it talks about Peter being freed from prison and he goes to this house. It's the house of Mark's mother. And it mentions John Mark by name there. And so he's obviously, he ran away from Jesus then, but then he comes back and at some point and, and and, and, and is ready to, to serve the Lord or thinks he's ready to serve the Lord. And so when Paul and Barnabas go on this first missionary trip, Barnabas, who is a relative of John Mark, says, let's bring him along. And so he does. And, and so it, it mentions that, that John went with them and, and, and went alongside and, and serving them. And then in, in uh, Acts chapter 13, in verse 13, it says, and when Paul and his party set sail from Paphos, they came to Perga and Pamphylia and John, that's John Mark, that's who we're talking uh, about here. He says, departing from them, return to Jerusalem. They'd already been ministering, they'd already been, and, and they'd already run into some hardships there uh, along the way and, and some opposition that was there. Some miracles took place, some opposition was going. They'd been run out of a few towns, and here they are as they're going on and continuing in ministry. They continue on, but they have to continue on without John because he departs and he returns to Jerusalem. But Paul and Barnabas go on, it says, and they departed from Perga, and they came to Antioch and Pisidia and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and they sat down, and there they began to share the gospel. So they keep on going, but go on without John Mark because he leaves them. He comes alongside to serve, but then the heat gets turned up again in a little bit different way. We're not sure exactly what all the heat is that turned him, but it could have been a lot of things. It could have been the, the heat of the persecution that was going on there. It could have been uh, some prejudice as, as John, as, as Paul and Barnabas begin to reach out beyond the Jews that were there and John Mark was probably was a Jew. May have been that he was homesick for mama, wanted some home cooking or something like that. We're not sure. But if it's any of those reasons there, it would have been that John Mark was just too, too full of himself. 
and serving was hard. And there are people today that come into the church or that come and and maybe they start off serving, but then they feel like the church is asking too much of them. They feel like Jesus is asking too much of them. It's too hard. It's too difficult. I need, to, I need to get away from this. And they begin to run from God. Here he is running again. He may have thought the people would applaud him and appreciate him, and that's not at all what happened to Paul and Barnabas on this missionary trip. Matter of fact, there are people across this world today that will die because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And yet, sometimes we feel the demands are too much. And we need the grace of God. Let me tell you about John Mark, though. He's running. He needs the grace of God. But for some reason, he can't stay away. You see, the anchor holds. And it's kind of like a dog on a leash. He wants to run, but then all of a sudden he's pulled back. And he can't get away. He can't get away from this Jesus. He can't get away from the love of God. He can't get away from the, the Jesus who died on the cross. He can't get away, and he probably saw the risen Jesus and heard him speak and everything. He can't get over that. He can't get away from it. It's hard, and, and there's times he wants to run, and there's times where he actually begins to run away, but something keeps pulling him back. He's anchored in Jesus, and he can't get away from him. It's like a magnet that, that as hard as, he, as fl his flesh may try to pull away from him, God keeps pulling him back. And if you're a born-again child of God, there's a pull on your life that you can't get away from. It's called the grace of God. God does not let us go. He holds on to us. And by the way, that makes that pull even stronger even stronger. We all need the grace of God. There are times every one of us runs away from God, but God keeps calling us back. The cross keeps calling us back. Regardless of, of how selfish we may get, how fleshly we may get, Jesus died for our sins. He died for every one of our sins, and that grace and that love keeps calling us back. We need the grace of God. And let me tell you, we need to be impacted by the grace of God. That's what happened to John Mark as he's writing this gospel. He's writing it. He says, this is that Jesus that will not let me go. This is that Jesus that impacted me and has impacted all these other people as well and keeps on impacting people with his grace and with his gospel. The great impact of the grace of God is seen in, in, in different ways, but it's seen primarily in these three ways. First of all, his grace is a grace that forgives. In 1 Peter chapter 5, you don't have to turn there. It'll be up on the screen in just a moment. You may just want to write it down because we're going to be looking at just a few verses here and there. 1 Peter is a book written by Peter. It's, it's a letter that is written after the resurrection, after the ascension of Jesus, as Peter is continuing to do the ministry and what God has called him to. And he talks about what Jesus did and what Jesus means and, and how we can serve Jesus. But then at the end of this letter, he talks about those that are around him. And he talks about she who is in, in Babylon, elect together with you. Not really sure who that is, but this one we know. He says, they, they greet you, and so does Mark, my son. 
This is John Mark. And Peter says, he's my son. Now, he's not physically his son. He's talking about spiritually his son. His son in the faith. He's saying, and Mark greets you believers as well. Yeah, that guy that was running. Yeah, that guy that, that left uh, 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 Paul and Barnabas as well. He sends greetings as well. I want you to know he's still following Jesus. He's still serving Jesus. He, he's a part of the family of God. Not because he was perfect. Not because he, he never made mistakes in his life. But he's a part of the family of God because of the grace of God that forgives. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus? That's what keeps pulling us back. This grace that forgives. He says he's a son. He's a part of the family. He's a part of the family of faith. He has put his faith in that grace of God. And by the way, Peter can relate because Peter ran too. Peter denied as well. But Peter had been forgiven and Mark had been forgiven and you have been forgiven as well. You can be forgiven by the grace of God. It's available to us all. So that's why Mark, back in, in, in Mark chapter 1 and, and, and verse 1, he talks there about this gospel. He says, this is the gospel of this Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This Jesus, the Jesus that walked on this earth, the Jesus that I was there with in the garden, the Jesus that preached, the Jesus that healed, the Jesus that, that died on the cross and rose from the dead. He is real. And his grace is real as well. It's this man, this one, this Jesus that was here. He is the Christ. He is the one that was promised of the Old Testament. He is the promised one. He's the one that the Old Testament uh, prophets talk about, the one that was to come. It was this Jesus. And by the way, he is the Son of God. He is the divine one. Yes, he was a man, but he was more than a man. And that's why he impacts lives like mine. And that's why he has the power to forgive sin. It's because he's not just another man, he's the son of God. Grace that forgives. And then also grace that grows. Aren't you thankful for that? That we've been forgiven, but it doesn't stop there. That God grows us. And John Mark grew in the ministry as well. Matter of fact, in the book of Colossians chapter 4 and verse 10, at the end of that book, this letter that, that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, that's the same Paul that John Mark left. And by the way, on the next trip, Barnabas says, let's take John Mark with us again. I think he's learned a few lessons. And Paul goes, no way. I'm not going to risk him leaving us again. As a poor witness for God. And so Paul's adamant. He's not, a matter of fact, he's so adamant about it that Barnabas takes John Mark and Paul takes Titus with him. And they go, different, go on different mission trips, going in different ways. But this Paul, as he writes to the church in Colossae, as he writes from prison, has this 10 years later to say about Mark in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 10. He says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, just so you know, that's, that's him, okay? It's that same John Mark that left us. About whom you received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. Paul's in prison now, and John Mark's with him. He's not running anymore. He's not running from suffering. He's running to Jesus, and if that takes him through suffering, so be it. Because it's with Paul as he's suffering, as he is suffering. 
He's continuing in ministry. Ten years later, he's with Paul in a Roman prison. Don't you see how he's grown? That's why Paul says, I mean, while Mark says, he says, this is, when he starts off this, this, this book, he says, this is the beginning of the gospel. It's not the end. It's just the beginning because there's a growth process. Once you come to Jesus, it's not the end. It's just the beginning. You're just getting started, and, and you will make some mistakes. There will be times that you'll, you'll give in to your flesh, and you'll begin to take some steps away from God. But if you're anchored in Jesus, he keeps pulling you back. And sometimes he does it over and over and over again. It's amazing how, how many times a dog that's on a chain has to learn. And, and, and a matter of fact, I don't know if they ever learn. They'll, they'll run out to that chain, and they'll snap and bring them back, and they'll be sitting there, and you think, okay, they've learned their lesson. Then here comes another truck, and they go off again, boom. You know, and we're just like that. But God has grace. <laughs> and he grows us. And he uses us. And here's John Mark 10 years later. And Paul says, I commend him to you. If he comes, you listen to him. He's got something to share. John Mark, aren't you thankful for grace that grows? And then not only that, but then there's a grace that empowers the book of 2 Timothy is the last letter that Paul wrote before he died, before he was beheaded. 2 Timothy chapter 4, and, that, and it's in this book that Paul says, the time of my departure is at hand. I know I'm not getting out of this one. Well, I'm getting out of it, but not on this earth. I'm going to heaven. And as he's talking about these last days of his life, notice this. This is beautiful. 2 Timothy 4.11, as he says, only Luke is with me. So this is what I need you to do. Get Mark and bring him with you for he is useful to me for ministry. I need to see Mark before I die. He's useful. I need him. See, the reason I think Mark is useful for, for, for Paul is because Jesus has taken over John Mark's life now. And what he's saying is not just that I need Mark. He says, I need the Jesus that I see in Mark. I need him. And, it, and we don't know for sure, but part of the people say that part of the reason is he's writing it. It's not long after this that Mark begins to pen this gospel. Is that that's what Paul was telling him when he says he's useful. He comes and Paul, Paul says, now I'm going on, but let me tell you, all this stuff you've been telling me about this Jesus, about Jesus and his, his walk, he says, you need to write this down. And you need to tell others how Jesus has impacted you and how he impacted all these people. He sees God's hand on him. This, as Mark writes this gospel, it's, it's not just Mark telling you what happened. It is the hand of God leading this. It is, it is Jesus himself saying, and this is how I want to impact you. This is how I want to impact the people around you. This is how I want to impact your neighbors, your family, your classmates. This is the impact I want to have upon this world. Jesus is doing this. Is, this Second Timothy is written probably about 25 years after Acts 13. The gospel has changed Mark. 
Paul says it, that I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And that power, not only that, that takes us from lost to being saved, but takes us from being immature saved into, into dependent upon God saved to a maturity that we're surrendered to God. And that's what has happened. And God is working through Mark. Is God working through you? It is the grace of God that saves us. It is the grace of God that grows us. It is the grace of God that empowers us and uses us for his ministry. And that grace grace is available to every one of us today. Have you been impacted by this Jesus? Have you been impacted by his gospel? Have you been impacted by his grace? You may say here today, I'm a runner. Yeah, I'm here at church, but I'm waiting for you to say the last amen so I can run. Please listen to me. If you do not know Jesus, please do not leave this place without him. Please don't. I'll, I'll, I'll be down front after the service. Brother Matt will be here. Brother Trey will be here. Uh, Brother David, Brother Jerry, there are others here. Just come and take us by the hand and say, I, I, I need to talk to you about Jesus. I, I need to be saved. I, I need to talk to somebody about We are here for you. And there are a lot of other folks here in this church, maybe sitting on the pew next to you, that are here for you as well. Please, I'm not talking about numbers, I'm not talking about a show, I'm talking about your soul. I don't care how long you've been coming to this church. If you do not know Jesus, please do not leave this place without him. God has grace for you. Don't run anymore. Come to him. And you say, but my life is a wreck. My life is a wreck. Let me tell you something. That's what Jesus specializes in. That's the impact. Listen, several years ago, driving between Red Bay and Russellville, hit a deer, impacted my car tremendously. Wrecked it, totaled it. Impacted my, I ain't got time to go into how it impacted my life. That's, that's a whole nother story and, and how God did that. We were okay. We were fine and stuff like that. But it tore up that car. Jesus does the, just the opposite. He Instead of impacting uh, uh, normal cars and, and cars that are all put together and wrecking them, he impacts wrecks and puts them together. That's what he does. And it can happen like that. Immediately. Come to Jesus. This is Doug Ferris, and I'm blessed to be the pastor at Underwood Baptist Church. Thank you for listening to our podcast, and it's our prayer that you'll do more than listen to a sermon or gather religious information. We want you to encounter God, and we pray that he will impact your life. If you'd like to contact us, go to our website at underwoodbaptist.org, and all our contact information is there. We hope you're blessed through today's message.